Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hello and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast recorded from the annual meeting in Austin, Texas. This is Rocky Deer and I'm the host for today's show, which is being sponsored by LawPay, trusted by more than 35,000 law firms to accept legal payments online. It's the only payment solution offered as a member benefit by the State Bar of Texas. Joining me now, I have two tremendous guests. I've got Ted Boutros and Tom Leatherberry. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hi, Rocky. Well, now, before we get started, so you guys you guys had a panel this morning. It wasn't just the two of you. There were some others in it, but it was called Open Government Law, Vaccine for Fake News or Sometime Pathogen, with a question mark at the end. So obviously, this was, this was an open question to everybody, and you guys, I'm sure, solved the question. Before we get into that, though, tell me and all the listeners a little bit about yourself. So, Ted, let's start with you. I'm a, a lawyer based in Los Angeles, but I practice all over the country. I've practiced in Texas as well, had cases in Texas. I do First Amendment litigation, represent journalists and news organizations. I represented Jim Acosta and CNN in battling to get his press credentials back after oh, wow. the White House revoked them. Uh, and I do all sorts of other uh, litigation, appellate litigation of all kinds, constitutional litigation. Have, have, have Texans been pretty nice to you since you've been Texas coming back? Texans have generally been pretty good to me. Okay, I like, good. I like good. this place. Yay, Texas. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. And, and Tom, you are a Texan, but but tell us, tell us a little bit about what you do. I am, and I'm glad Ted's been treated well because we want him to come back. He, <laughs> was a great, he was a great panelist. I'm a partner of Vincent Elkins in Dallas. Uh, I've practiced in Dallas since law school and uh, have done a lot of open government work, uh, public information act requests, representation of media, and, uh, and, and journal, individual journalists, just as Ted has. And that's really how we met each other years and years ago. So obviously th- this topic, it has the word fake news in there. So let's... Let's maybe get get right into it, right? So, what what are the legal implications of this term fake news? It sounds like that's that's kind of a craw in the in the bonnets of a lot of a lot of media lawyers. So let's let's talk about that. Maybe Ted, should we start with sure, you? Sure, sure. One of the things we we talked about this morning is what does the term fake news come to mean, and what's the spectrum? And and I think originally it it cropped up when. Uh, describing just absolutely concocted, made-up stories that, you know, for for example, the Russian mm-hmm. interference, the Russian trolls would just, you know, make up a story, put a picture on it, and then tweet it out or put it through social media or get it out there, just absolutely made-up material. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, we've seen politicians uh, use this, the label fake news to just attack stories they don't like. So they attack real legitimate journalism and all of that comes in an atmosphere where uh, there are challenges to journalism in the sense that I think there's an attack that's meant to undermine the legitimacy of real strong journalism. So those are some of the things we talked about today and from a lawyer perspective when you go into court if we're representing news organizations if the the jurors or the the court doesn't um, appreciate the, the serious need for strong journalism and it's just kind of lumped together in this other world that can create real problems. Tom, you were the moderator for this panel this morning. Right. So what was the scope and sort of one of the key takeaways maybe from this? If there, there may have, I'm sure there were more than one, but you know, what was the scope of the panel and what were you trying to explain to the audience there? Well, we, we covered a lot of ground in an hour and it ranged from what is fake news? What is, what, what has this elastic term come to encompass? Sure. 
what do Americans perceive about it? There's a new Pew Research poll saying a half of Americans believe made-up news is a, is a big problem for this country. More Americans than uh, believe that racism is a, is a big problem for this country. Wow, okay. And so just the prevalence of the phenomenon, we use some examples mm-hmm. of recent events that were the government was itself accused of uh, spreading misinformation, whatever the state of mind of the people mm-hmm. who acted, whether it was just faulty statistics or uh, deliberate uh, misrepresentation. And also, what does this mean? This is a very multifaceted problem with implications, as Ted said, for, for journalists, for lawyers, also for educators. And how do you train the American public to tell fake news from real news? And how do you educate them about the value of what journalists do for our democracy? So, Ted, not, not to interrupt you, but, you know, there's been this tension, though. When I, when I look, at least when I look at the hashtag fake news, or when I see this, this term being thrown about, a lot of times I see fake news referring to what might be biased journalism or journalism with an opinion, but it's not in the guise of opinion journalism. It's, and, and I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. here, right? Because there are those who say, well, I tune in to name your major news network and I read a story and it's supposed to be objective, but I see them using words or I see them using phrases that clearly betray an opinion. Well, there's always a lot of criticism, and usually it's it's coming from people who don't like the content of the story. So, sure. you know, there is so much incredible journalism, hard-hitting journalism, and if you're the subject of the journalism, you may say, "Gee, that seems like an opinion." But um, I think I think it's an unfortunate use of the term fake news to challenge just news stories that you don't like. And and there are analysis pieces, there are opinion pieces, but every day in this country, there are just multitudes of extremely strong, powerful journalistic stories, and we can't just have this this label fake news tossed out there to undermine them. Do we need new new labels? Do we maybe need to, to have categories of journalism and say, look, one is purely objective, there's another one that might have a bent one way or the other, then you've got opinion journalism, and then there's what we might call fake news that is actually fake news. You know, Tom, do you think do you think maybe as lawyers as a legal profession, do we need to take control of that and maybe create new categories and new definitions? I don't think so. I, uh, I, resist. I firmly reject it on that I, one. I, okay. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I resist categories and labels. I think it does have great implications for educating the public about what journalists do and the different types of communications, as you mentioned. I think there's some new research from the Knight Foundation that uh, essentially shows that American. A, a wide swath of American consumers really can't distinguish between editorial, fact-based reporting, entertainment, advertisements, that sort of thing. So I'm not sure new labels would help. Is I, it an echo I, chamber problem? I mean, are we just are we looking to to just hear news and talk to people that think exactly like we do? I, I think that's part of it, and I think you see that in the creation of more and more. Uh, blogs and micro-publications, if you will, sure. for uh, particular points of view. To what extent do you think major news networks are contributing, if at all, to the echo chamber phenomenon? Is that a factor, or do you I think... I think it's the least of our worries. Okay. Um, I think you have, again, tremendous news-gathering entities and reporters and objective reporters. You have opinion journalists on 
you know, news networks and the sure. like expressing opinion. Uh, I think by and large, they're doing tremendous work. Um, then our topic today was what's happening to undermine the network. So the fake, purely fake news, President Trump popularized the use of the word, the phrase fake news, just to challenge stories he doesn't like. And the Trump administration has put out, in my Jim Acosta case, their response was to tweet out a false statement and a false video. And when we went to court, the Justice Department refused to to defend it. And the court rejected those reasons for taking away Jim's press pass. And we won and we got it back. Well, so, all right, I'm, again, playing devil's advocate, Ted. If I was on the other side of that issue, I'd say, look, maybe you're on the far left and you've got an ax to grind. And that's why you're saying this about President Trump. So, you know, is, is, is this a partisan issue or are we seeing this? It really isn't a partisan issue. Okay. And I've represented journalists of every stripe across the political spectrum, okay. conservatives, conservative opinion writers. Um, I've represented Fox News, the Wall Street Journal editorial page. I've represented the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, MSNBC, NBC. Journalism is just meant to be is transparency. So we just want everyone to be able to express their views and, and then debate issues. What we don't want is false information, fake information, made up information that confuses the public. And the, the pro, one of the problems we talked about today is the misuse of the label fake news to try to undermine that great debate. This is a great mm -hmm. time for the First Amendment because you have everybody with different viewpoints and, and looking at things from different perspectives, debating in this flood of information on social media, which is great, but we have to watch for the disease of falsity, just utter made-up manipulation that taints that debate. So, and, Frank, oh, yeah, please talk. Well, I was going to say that the other topic that we covered in our panel was the importance of continued access to government records and government sources in order to continue this debate. And so people can... So they can verify or challenge. People can verify or challenge. And, Interesting. And, and, okay. and so it's harder to stick with the label fake news if the journalist also attaches the government documents on which she or he bases uh, the report uh, that, that, that comes out. So a new trend in journalism that our panelists discussed is show your work. Uh, and so it's okay. not just fact-based reporting, it's not just opinion-based reporting, but it's linked to the government documents, linked to the outtakes, linked to the mm. other underlying sources so that your, the public can judge for themselves and either trust the journalist as accurately represented it or be able to challenge them on a you know, a, a more granular basis than just calling it fake news. So frankly, you guys have kind of whetted my appetite. I, I want to keep talking about this, but I'm going to ask one final question. And that is, bring this back to law and lawyers. <laughs> what do we as a legal profession, regardless of our views or how we want to, you know, where we fall on the spectrum when it comes to, when it comes to the media and what they should or shouldn't be doing, what can we as lawyers do to try to be a part of this debate with fake news and that label and where journalism should go, open access? What's your prescription for the yeah, rest of us? Part of what that, I think, is what we did today. We had a panel where we really just talk, you know, kind of shed light on the issues. And I think, you know, as lawyers, the First Amendment is, is a unique thing because it's, it's something we as lawyers enforce, we deal with, but it's also such a part of our democracy. So I think 
understanding and then getting the public to understand that the First Amendment is for the public, it's for democracy, and it's meant to have as much information out there as possible. But at some point, we have to protect against just outright fakery so we don't get polluted. So as lawyers, I think, you know, we've got a constitutional provision. We can tout and enforce and protect. I think that's an important role for lawyers in this debate. And I would say that, uh, to add on what Ted said, this is an extra linked and to, linked to the rule of law. Lawyers protect, promote, preserve the rule of law. We educate the public about it. We educate our clients about it. Access to government records is and and uh, attempts to increase governmental transparency that our clients, the journalists do, are absolutely linked to that and so fundamental to our democracy. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. It looks like we've reached the end of our program. I want to thank Ted Boutros and Tom Leatherberry for joining us today. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up, what's the best way to reach you? So, Ted, let's start with you. I'm easily available on our Gibson Dunn and Crutcher website, www.gibsondunn.com, and I'm on Twitter at at Boutros Ted. Fair enough. Tom? Yes, I'm on the Vincent and Elkins website, velaw.com, and I'm on Twitter at tsleather. I like that. Yeah. I like, you must have been an early adopter to get that handle. That's <laughs> My son great. works there. Oh, <laughs> short well, that, that, Okay. <laughs> that's cheating. That, that is, <laughs> you got an inside track. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast, brought to you by LawPay. Thank you again, LawPay. Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Rocky Deer. Until next time, thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.